Hey everybody, it's John. I wanted to remind you that we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Over there on Patreon, Mitch and I discuss subjects concerning movies and television and just about anything else we want to talk about. So uh, if you want to come over there, you can subscribe for $2 a month for one episode or $5 a month for every episode at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Thank you. Hi everybody, this is John Engel, your intrepid Alien Minute co-host, coming to you from the Kansas City, Missouri quarantine zone and bringing you a commentary episode. That's right, it's a Alien Minute Productions commentary on the movie Predator. Now, for those of you that don't know, we have these over at our Patreon page. We did a commentary on RoboCop, we did a commentary on Silence of the Lambs, Uh, recently we released one on Total Recall as well. So usually these are $2 an episode at Patreon, but we're going to give you one sort of as a gift for those of you that are locked down during these crazy times, and also to maybe hopefully get you over to our Patreon page to subscribe. That's $2 per episode. You don't pay a monthly recurring fee, but I'll tell you, we could use a little help over at Patreon. (laughs) I lost two jobs myself uh, recently. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it. It's me, Mitch Bryan, Jason Heck, talking about Predator as we're watching the movie. So the instructions how to queue it up will be coming. And uh, thank you. And come over to alienminute.com forward slash Patreon and subscribe. Hello and welcome to Alien Minute Productions audio commentary. I'm John Engel. I'm Mitch Bryan. I'm Jason Heck. Today we are covering John McTiernan's Predator. We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what are we going to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jen. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now. Let's get Billy so spooked. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took it. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He was skinned alive. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Okay. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. We've been gone for a little while. Sorry for the uh, small hiatus, but we're back here to talk about uh, another alien movie. A movie that's 
near and dear to Jason's heart? Uh, to say the very is, least. Is it Jason? The, yeah, and I, I just hosted um, a screening of The Running Man at uh, the Draft House, and uh, I got to tell you, 87 for me is kind of Arnold in the final ascent because 87 is Predator and Running Man, and he gets so big that he thinks he can try comedy in 88 with right. Twins and Red Heat, and he kind of wobbles a little bit and then steadies up again with um, Total Recall, and then he, he he reaches the top of the mountain in 91 with, with Terminator 2. But what you've got here, I think, is Arnold at his very best. He's at his standard 215 pounds that he is in almost every 80s action movie, and he is still kind of a working actor. He's a star, but this is Arnold before every before he was just Arnold, right? Before every idiot had an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, before he was kind of the butt of all these sort of goofy jokes about his accent and, and his presence and his muscles and all this. This is Arnold really at his best is is Predator. I think it is an amazing role for him. How tall is Arnold Schwarzenegger? I think he's like maybe six foot six one. He's not he's an enormous one. guy. But and, and two hundred and fifteen pounds doesn't seem like much, but in this and in the running man, he's sort of in full superhuman mode. Well he, he Yeah, really, I'll I'll say that I, I'm five seven and I weigh two hundred and fifteen pounds and I don't look anything like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well I mean <laughs> I, I speaking as a guy looking at your profile, I'd say you're you're <laughs> half right. Um but but you know this is kind of him at at the peak of Superman '80s action hero, right? So in 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 the Running Man, he he tears the solo flex out of the floor. In this movie, he he curls the back of the truck. He deadlifts it to to full mm-hmm. of explosives. So this is right before Die Hard turned everything back into kind of hey any guy can be an action hero if he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. But this is peak Arnold for me. Predator is the best. So I think that what we'll do is uh, if you're if you're playing along with us, folks. You can start the movie, and uh, we're going to kind of start at the end of the 20th Century Fox fanfare. So if you want to cue that up, when the 20th Century Fox logo fades out, once it fades to black, you can hit pause. Are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. Let's go for it. We have gone through the fanfare, and uh, we're now going to hit play. And the Starfield comes up, and it makes us realize that it's not an Orion commentary. But the no, last few that we've the... done have been Orion. Did you did you want to say something quickly about the? Well, I, yeah, I read. You know, we commented as we ran the fanfare uh, momentarily before we queued up the movie that it does play as we've discussed on Alien Minute, the 20th Century Fox fanfare with the extended CinemaScope, you know, fanfare. Yet this movie is not in CinemaScope. But what I understand is that McTiernan actually spliced in. They used the the, the CinemaScope lead-in on the film, even though it wasn't, with the fanfare as well. Because he was uh, annoyed, at least, that at the fact that he wasn't allowed to shoot in CinemaScope. That he wanted to do this movie scope, which he does later at the Die Hard Scope like CinemaScope, right, right? And right, right. So he obviously wanted to do it that way. And it's kind of surprising to me when I when I turned it on, I was actually kind of surprised I could forgotten it wasn't. Yeah, I forgot it was flat too. So yeah. um, I think he was a little annoyed, so he kind of, you know, playing a little inside joke, ran the fanfare as if it were CinemaScope, and I guess actually used the CinemaScope logo. The beginning sort of reminds me of the thing. Yeah, yeah there's that too. For we, sure. we get to see a ship going into the Earth's atmosphere, so it sort of sets that idea up. And, and the then, sensational score starting up right away. Yes, the sensational this score. This march kind of thing is is terrific. Well, it's, it's funny, too, right? When I was watching this yesterday, I was thinking, this is kind of a boring intro to a, to a, 
of movie, you get this thing that you've already seen with the thing. Like it's almost the exact same thing you saw with the thing. Then you just get some guys flying up in a helicopter. What make? But it's totally dependent on Alan Silvestri's score here. It, the theme is so good they can just lean right on that for the build up to the in, uh, the characters instead of having some sort of big action sequence going on. We got these nice little moments with Carl Weathers here and stuff, but. But I think it's a movie that's trying to establish itself as a straight action movie, right. as straight as this can be with all these uh, characters that are coming out of the chopper. But I think that that's one of the things that's so interesting about it. And when we get to the, <laughs> the suit, <laughs> when we get to the uh, attack on the village, it reminds me of uh, that movie with Errol Flynn, uh, which is Objective like Objective Burma. Burma. Yeah. yeah, and I I feel like they're very very similar. Clearly, McTiernan must have seen that movie. And in a weird way, it feels like a Warner Brothers movie at that point. Even that Casablanca-like looking shot of Carl Weathers makes it feel like a Warner yeah. Brothers movie. But it's not a Warner Brothers movie. It's a Fox movie. It's when And Fox was riding pretty high with people like Silver and Gordon producing there. And they had Predator, and then they had Die Hard, and they had Predator well, 2, and they were, they were off and running. I, think, I don't think we need to wait around to also... Uh, <laughs> discuss the similarities of the movie big hit they had the year before which was aliens there's definitely similarities you can see that they're trying to uh cash back in on some ideas that things that worked out with aliens uh, the squad movie the squad movie the pick them off movie i mean specific scenes yeah style stylistic choices even as far as the how the uh you know we're not there yet but the Seen as they're flying into the mission in the helicopter feels very familiar to me the way we're kind of introduced to each individual character uh, gives me a little flashback to Aliens. It just seems like, well, we had an idea that worked. Let's keep moving that direction. It works. It's not something that, and it's not something that was uh, thought up. James Cameron didn't think it up either. It's not as if we've never seen things like that. But 20th Century Fox definitely, I think, saw something that they had going good, and they were riding high, like you said. And you do think that this nickname of Dutch is a clear reference to Reagan, right? Maybe, or maybe just a way to par- par- pass off the German accent, right? Well, well they could have called him Fritz. Yeah, maybe, but remember, I mean, like they they called Germans Dutchmen in the old west, yes, right? The lost Dutchman mind. So you wonder if it has anything to do with the accent or whatever. But Wayne was Dutch in a movie, right? What movie am I thinking of? Wayne played a Dutch at some point. Really? Or he was the Duke. I mean, that's what I'm thinking of. Never mind. For some reason, I was thinking, I, you know, what? There's a really good chance he played a guy named Dutch at some point, but. Uh, I thought that it was a I thought it was a John Wayne kind of thing. Oh, I always thought it was a Reagan thing because it's in, so it's so situated so in the 1980s. Inhale and brace for the handshake. So yeah, we three. have to pause. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> ultimate meme right there. Oh my there. god! Oh my! So that is an entire Black Angus worth of beef in that picture. Oh my god! Look at that. Uh, and this is pretty much a visual metaphor for how every one of the actors dealt with each other on the set pretty much and he was originally supposed to read rg armstrong that way but actually tore off his arm <laughs> and they had to give him a prosthetic so it was a bit of a fiasco going yeah. into this I, but I, you got i gotta say though rg is in pretty good shape yeah he's, you know like yeah. considering that there have been times in his career when he was a, a little more portly than other times he was looking pretty good i kind of i kind of believe him but i like here we have the establishment right of a little one guy whose moral compass is a little shakier than the other. Mm-hmm. I like that. One guy who's working on his uh, triple bypass surgery uh, <laughs> right. with, with just inhaling one cigar after another. Right. Which I understand uh, another side story that um, Carl Weathers was a very healthy individual. Um, very clean living, 
guy until Schwarzenegger gave him a cigar on the set of this movie. Oh no, that and was then gave him a box of cigars when they wrapped, and he never stopped smoking cigars. Your first taste is free. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It was basically what happened. Yeah, this is that's so pretty too. I love the sweat and the smoke and the light. I want to say too that that it does situate itself as an '80s movie, insofar as the whole Central American thing, right? Yeah. When it, this is the only time really that this this movie could have existed because all of the Iran Contra stuff was going on, and we had all of the different um, operations that were going on in in Central America up into really the towards the to the end of the Bush administration. Uh, even. William Colby was actually overseeing secret missions into uh, Central America up until he mysteriously drowned. What we call the drowning incident. The drowning if incident. You will. Yeah, he, he was a very experienced kayaker and then he just sort of somehow drowned. But there was lots of hugga going on in Central America with these independent troops being, squads being sent down by all sorts of different intelligence folks. <laughs> There's some more tobacco peer pressure. Gosh, really? Look tab. at that plug. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's got a whole hedge in there. Wow. How do we move through establishing these characters with these broad strokes? It's pretty interesting uh, that you've got Bill Duke as the guy who dry shaves. And you've got the yeah, jo- Hawkins is your dirty jokester. Dirty jokester. Poncho, kind of, I don't know. Poncho's just Poncho. He's you got to have one yeah, guy named Poncho the, and one guy named Lucky. And the dude not with make the grenade it. launcher, right? Yeah. If you don't have a guy from Brooklyn or, or the Jew, you got your Poncho. And well, and poncho. you got Little Richard on the soundtrack, which, again, only in the 80s, right? I don't hear much Little Richard in the 90s no. or in the 2000s. <laughs> you know, there was a rockabilly thing happening, a reconnection with old, you know, mm-hmm. classic rock and roll, and it seems perfect. Uh, it's so perfect that the helicopters fly like maniacs, you know, weaving back and forth and. What is only showy flying? Isn't that correct, Jason? Real helicopters would not be going in there whipping right and left. They wouldn't be quite so showy, but then again, the camera wouldn't be quite so undercranked as it as yeah. it apparently was to make him look all whippy whippy. Oh, there, is that right? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, definitely. And there's our third conservative politician, Sonny Landham. So you got your two governors and your what state rep? I th- so you got Jesse. Ven- of course, we know Schwarzenegger Republican. Jesse Ventura, independent. And, oh, independent. You're right. And Sonny was a was a Libertarian Party, candidate. which makes him pretty conservative. Pretty conservative. Well, okay. wasn't wasn't yeah. So an independent slash Libertarian for Jesse Ventura, Probably, basically. You could definitely call him. He, I think he leans left a little bit more than most Libertarians. Yeah, that's but, yeah. stinking shit. <laughs> Is a, which is weird to think, but Ventura definitely. Well, he was you know heavy pro pot stuff like that. The Libertarian side of that kind of freedom of choice. Heavy chariots of the choice. gods too, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah. So we get to throw around some unenlightened epithets, and yep. uh, it's just uh, lots of fun, dirty, dirty jokes, and and there's a machismo about the movie that is, it's the old cake and eat it too. I guess anybody can really enjoy that, and I guess you can also make fun of it as being just this overly well, it's, machoized thing. I understand. So Shane Black, we haven't mentioned Shane Black. Uh, I'm forgetting the character's name. What's Shane Black's character's Hawkins. name? Hawkins. Hawkins. Thank you. Um, uh, add-on characters, I understand, brought in, uh, Joel Silver really wanted him to be on staff, like basically on set for rewrites and just threw him in the movie. And he wrote these jokes. He was the one that added in these little bits. So, interesting to think, he hadn't, I guess when this movie came out, it was right on the, man, when did Lethal Weapon come out compared, they came out the it, it, same time almost. Yeah, I think same, same, yeah, they must have been summer 87, both of them, right? He was riding high, living at the Pado Guys with, uh, 
with Fred Decker and some of those right. other guys, right? That were all they were all at least started out living in the same place together, and then they probably all sold lots of spec scripts and made lots of money, and then moved into nicer places. Well, he was just like Silver just loved him from the Lethal Weapon script, I guess, and just wanted him. I mean, for years they still have a relationship with each other, because Silver produced Kiss Kiss Bang Bang too, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. For and Shane Black would return to Predator. I was yeah. going to say, did Silver have anything to do with the new, with the recent Predator? It's possible his name is somewhere in there, but he's—I don't know how active of a producer he is anymore. Uh, if he's more of a just put my name on it kind of guy now, but um, enjoys collecting art and whatnot. So this is all in Mexico, right? Where everybody mm-hmm. got sick. Everybody but Schwarzenegger and McTiernan, who I had believe. his own chef, and yep. McTiernan, who had only canned food, right? He did the Spielberg yeah, spaghetti spaghettios, I guess. But yeah, everybody else got uh, got diarrhea, which is prone to happen. This is weird because it looked like they were leaving the helicopters at night. Well, it was day for night. Clearly shot day for night, and yeah. that's some of this stuff that's treated as well. Yeah. But then some of these other shots with the fog and the backlight, we're, we've clearly moved into something that seems to approximate light. So I'm sure this was a nightmare, you know, shooting wise yeah it's no fun to shoot in the jungle and it's hard to control the light and this is definitely stopped down to make it more like it's day for night so where's old painless right now he's got his mp5 oh is that no he's got his ammo but where the hell's painless i didn't see it a couple of things i was going to say about the difficulty of shooting in the jungle that i understand about this shoot was there was basically no flat surface in the whole shooting area like no matter what was happening, you were standing on a on a angle, right. which made everything much more difficult for everyone. And the density of the jungle was such that they couldn't shoot through it. They really had to go through and clear a lot. Hmm. They sounded a little guilty. Some of the interviews I heard, they, McTiernan, for instance, sounded a little guilty about that. Honestly, like it sounded like they went through it, did a, a lot of slashing and burning just to get some texture. To the shots, because there would be like nothing but just flat green behind everybody all the time. Well, and the only way for the smoke to show up is if you light it from behind, which yep. means you've got to have enough distance behind the actors that then you can also put a light back there and, yep. and blast it in. So, yeah, I'm sure logistically it wasn't the easiest movie in the world to make. Yeah, it sounds like it was very, very hot and just really unpleasant for everyone. But they were not too far from the resort, right? That was the other thing, is they found these places that were cl- fairly close to where yep. they were staying. In some instances, you could actually walk from the resort to set. Yeah. So go back to the resort, have a cocktail, come back. Do a lot of weightlifting, apparently. Do some weightlifting. <laughs> Do a that's great a whole, deal of weightlifting. That was apparently a whole big thing on the set, was the competitive weightlifting that went on every day. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that there are, there are actual clips from this movie that could get a woman pregnant <laughs> from the sheer virility no, of it. I mean, like through snow pants. <laughs> it's like, it's, a, it's almost absurdly a wash in testosterone, which doesn't diminish my enjoyment of it by a wit, but... Yeah, it's a pretty macho movie. So, much. what do you say about the choice that we have this first sort of set piece here with the helicopter? One thing that occurred to me as I was watching it, I thought, is this a little bit of just visual foreshadowing just to kind of orient us up? Like, everybody starts looking up. We got this thing that's very important that's in the trees. Yeah. And it's kind of hinting at what's going to be so important later. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a nice it's a nice choice. Even though the hang, the helicopter hanging from the jungle trees is also something you've seen a lot too. It's not as if it's the first time we've ever seen that. But see, last. that's what I think they're doing a lot of in this first act. They're really leaning into all of the yeah. clichés that we associate with your basic military squad on a mission movie. 
because they're going to give you that as much as they can, and then it has to become something else. Yeah. And we've already got the seeds of dissent, right, here with, with Dylan being untrustworthy. And we've got the cliche of our Native American type being a super tracker yes, type. My question is, you know, they, Billy's fine. I, I don't have any problem with this character. I love um, him in 48 Hours. I like, I, he's fine. I, but I'm asking myself as I watch this, like, do they think that we won't believe it? If it's not a Native American, if it's a blonde a guy with a ponytail, right. he's tracking, right? like because now we can, like we saw, we anybody who watched Lost found out that every sure. any old person can be a tracker once you've been on an island long enough. But is that the reason for casting? Is that the reason for the stereotype here? Do they really think we won't believe that this guy's a tracker unless he's a Native American? Certainly been a good career for Graham Greene. Do you think if they would have made this movie now, if they had to make just starting all all over again, that they'd have a female soldier? In the squad, yes, there would be some. It would be a uh, the MMA. What's her name? Uh, Ronda Rousey, or not Rousey? Ronda Rousey, but the other. Oh, um, from the, the uh, Haywire, from Gina, Gina, something or other. We'll all know. Carano, yeah, Carano. There, she's going to be in the Mandalorian. We'll all know her really well by then. But yeah, she, it would be someone like that in this for sure. And she'd give his or Michelle Rodriguez, right, oh, right? Oh yeah, well I guess she's the ultimate one. As yeah. Poncho, oh, there you go, he's taking care super of. Super thirsty. That's so weird to me. I wish he'd have done that with a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Python blood the, is slaked. Yeah. Have, like, yeah. one more, we see this like this little like weeping branch, and then later he, does, he just like keeps stepping up. Everything hanging, he drinks from. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hand me that axe. There's an oak tree over there. Yeah, and he's got two canteens. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, well, he's going to conserve. Well, why, you know, why waste live that when live you off a... the land when you can. Right. <laughs> you have a water vine handy. Use it. It's a Ripley shot. Yeah. He was a strange guy. He came to town uh, with, of all things, Joe Sarno, uh, the erotic filmmaker. A friend of mine had found a print of one of his movies that was thought to be lost. And Sonny Landon, for some reason, was with Joe Sarno coming into town to look at this stuff. That's a pretty great reveal. Didn't look anything like that stuff. That's a pretty great reveal. Yeah. Wow. And it's it's something, you know, you immediately get the, not only is it, you know, disgusting to your own eyes, but when you get a reaction from this guy right away, it's yeah, like, from the this is pretty Mercs. rough. Yeah. Already they're in some rough territory. And it's a st- Boy, this looks better on Blu-ray than it looked on the DVD yeah, that I had. Man, those reds really, those reds and oranges really pop now. Yeah, the Blu-ray's nice. Oh, uh, God. The and a perfect toss. Oh, off I mean, the that's something. And it's like they do that all the time. Jim Hoppe. I remember as a kid, I thought he was saying Harper, but with his accent. Mm-hmm. And I realized now it's actually Jim Hopper. There was another line in this that I realized was not what I thought it was once I read the subtitles. It'll come to me when we get there, I guess. He doesn't play it off real well either. So Carl Weathers, had he done Action Jackson yet? or was that? Yes, Action Jackson was 85, I think. Yeah, it was somewhere with, in there. With, mm-hmm. with prime villain Craig T. Nelson and love interest Vanity. So he was still <laughs> in a sort of meddling career part i mean he had a, some leading roles and he was what he was in he four, w- force 10 from navarone he, he, was, rocky, he you know, was three lead rocky? in not four. great movies and supporting in great movies right right 
never busted through. He's four Rocky movies in, and that's all he got, because, of course, we know what happened. Yeah. Sadly, Ivan Drago destroyed him. Should have let Sly throw the towel in, man. Yeah. Shouldn't let your pride take over. But yeah, as far as being a leading man, Action Jackson's the only one that pops to mind as something I remember from the time. And it wasn't right. Oh, no. It's silly. Ridiculous. But was it Jill Silver? Was it a major producer? That produced Action Jackson. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I seem to think it was. I seem to think it came out of like out of the studio. Uh, it wasn't some indie thing or anything. No, no. Yeah, it was a. But who? Where does Silver come from? Like what? I remember Joel Silver originally from Lethal Weapon. That's where his name would be. Like first came became known to me was Lethal Weapon. But he was a producer before that. What was what was his big, like breakout? Like where did Joel Silver come from to become super producer? I didn't know you were going to ask that because I, I didn't look it up. I, I just think about him well with known. Silver and Gordon when they once they started working together because Silver and Gordon, one of my favorite Burl Ives songs. <laughs> and this was such a great gimmick. I mean, even oh. in, in the theater, this was so cool. It was, but Michael Wadley got there first, didn't he? Who highway? Michael Wadley got there first with Wolfen. With the, You're right. With the, you know, You're so right. Vision, yeah, wolf they're vision. not quite wolves, but they're not quite human either. And I'm Albert Freddy. You be careful. That's a really good movie. That's a very underrated film, Jason. Don't I be wasn't mocking making fun don't of anything. Don't hey, be mocking Albert Finney. Only thing wolf, I'm mocking great is in it. Albert Finney is a New York cop. <laughs> That's the problem I have with it. There's trouble yeah, in the Bronx, and I think it's Wolf. He's again. not. He has a sort of Boston <laughs> yeah, accent. Yeah, you're absolutely actually. right. You're absolutely That's right. a good Finney, though, he's Jason. He's really good. <laughs> That's a good Finney. Uh, They'll do Under the Volcano. I could do uh, There's Trouble in the Looker Lab. <laughs> I'm a morning, Be- everyone. Morning. Beverly Hills Plastic Surgeon. Everybody he had a him. he had a mid Atlantic accent uh, when no one else was using them. That's right. When it had faded out after <laughs> nineteen forty four, Albert Finney right? in all American roles just <laughs> opted for the mid Atlantic. Man, and James Coburn was your villain. Oh, oh, oh! You are ghosting him, buddy. Oh, beautiful frame though, with him under the curved arc of the branch. It's pretty awesome. There is no racial solidarity in the squad. None. He gives him no slack, and I think that's interesting, too. It, he issues him a threat. Wow. That's great. And I bet that's real sweat. I don't I don't, I don't. don't bet that's oh. glycerin. No, this is. it was really hot on the set always, I guess. All their makeup. Extremely fading. unpleasant. Lots of talcum powder necessary <laughs> on the shoot, I'm Give sure. Me. Sunny, God, Sunny. John, John could have researched Joel Silver, but instead he did some talcum powder. Oh, hey, I don't, dives. Re- I don't have to research the need for talcum powder. Hi, everybody. You know, Sonny Landham for Gold Bond. You know what? I'm on a set and sweating it up down there. So Mom. here we really are moving into yeah, that objective is... Burma sequence. I mean, there's even a crawl up behind a tree thing in, in objective Burma. There is? Yeah, yeah. It's Man, really I've interesting. to once. If you watch wow. them both, the one thing that's really Obvious is, uh, you know, the ones the 80s movie, so they're cutting it super fast and mm-hmm. it cuts pretty fast. But that uh, attack scene in Objective Burma, which comes towards, I think it's the dead center of the movie, it's pretty relentless. I do want to point out that that tree is made of foam rubber. Oh. They, they made it pretty clear. There were really not trees like that in the jungle at all. There's multiple times Arnold's- where they had to, the production design the people had to build trees arnie's leaning tree uh, yeah. and there's sven ola thorson right there is the russian who is in i believe nine schwarzenegger movies 
fellow bodybuilder. There he is. He, just, he plays Sven oh, yeah. in The Running Man. Yeah. He's in Conan. He's in Conan. Uh, he is the uh, naked dude who Arnold has his huge erotic fight with in Red Heat, who screams, Druzba, Cafe Druzba, and then Arnold punches him out. But yeah, in this one he gets, I, I, he's, I think, like Franco Colombo, like a bodybuilding buddy of Arnold, and so Arnold just kind of gets him a role in everything. I think Franco Colombo just died. Franco like Colombo just ago. died. The guy who was the actual Terminator in the flashback in the Terminator, he just yeah. died. And actually, he got mentioned in uh, The Last Action Hero because The Last Action Hero in the movie, Jack Slater 4, was a Franco Colombo film. Jason, do you want to run, run us down through the armaments quickly? Well, you're looking at a lot of really gimmicky, customized gear. Um, I don't know that, I, I don't think that Simon Atherton did this. Um, but everybody's got custom stuff out the wazoo. Um, most of them have Israeli-style flash hiders and uh, blank attachments. So if you look in Arnold's gun, his big M16 with the... I think he actually has a Cobra M37 launcher under it instead of the actual M203. But um, there's a blank firing adapter that you can see inside the barrel. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, and then Bill Duke with his lightweight M60. Uh, everybody fires them wrong. You know, everybody fires from the hip. Nobody fires down the sights. Support weapons are shot from the hip. It's there, There's not... I mean, I think... No, even Carl Weathers doesn't use his MP5 right when he has his final shootout. No, I don't think anybody actually levels no. their gun and fires. No, Ventura was a Navy SEAL, correct? Yeah, and he would have known that this was mostly hooey, but he was also probably neck deep in being jesse ventura and enjoying his stardom mm -hmm. um and you know when you well, john milius like they they have revolvers with silencers on them and magnum force yeah so, and mean, that are held on by friction right he clearly bangs it on with the palm of his hand <laughs> but this is great and so what's the big the big thing with the with the belt that is a GE minigun. That this is the first movie to do it, and they they give it kind of a weird, the foregrip on it's off of an M60. It's it's kind of kooky, and I think that backpack holds like 500 rounds, which with a gun that shoots six six thousand rounds a minute or 100 per second would be emptied in five seconds. So when Max going dog nuts and and chopping down trees, um, he would be a, he'd, he'd be attached to a pickup truck full of ammo. As opposed to, do people just, really shoot those by hand? Don't they usually mount it in they, helicopters yeah, they're, and stuff? They're, they're mounted. Oh, deadlift. <laughs> so we give him credit, right? Like he knows he's the muscle man, and everybody, you know, knows that you have to have deadlifts in muscle man movies. Yeah, you're not going to send Poncho down there to do that. No, that's true. No, no, Arnold. No, Ar this was like I said. This was the the the. This is the apotheosis of the Superman action movie, right? Everybody in it has muscles, right? Even Poncho and Hawkins are pretty in shape, and they're kind of dwee the dweebs of the group. But everybody in it is pretty huge, and of course the these rebels or whatever they are, are these sort of stormtroopers of Central American death squads. They hit nothing. They're pretty hapless. Poncho's grenade launcher is an interesting mock-up. It's like this big revolving 37-millimeter launcher that they snap the back of an MP5 onto. So it's not a real gun of any kind. It's, it's a total movie mock-up. And poor Dylan, just with his little MP5, he's like, I'm in the group, even though everybody else is shooting colossal <laughs> firepower. And it's just, this is just so insane. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. How much. Here it like is. It's just totally delivering the goods 30 minutes oh, into the picture. But that whatever. shot of Ventura with the explosion behind him, man, that, 
they caught that's a nice catch on that shot because that doesn't look like you could have gotten that the second time. And it's a really beautiful guy. Probably done. a little and warm he, on the back of his neck. Yeah, and he stays real cool in that situation. I got to say, I could see a guy, you see a little re- reaction from an actor in that moment because that was awfully close. There's a little Star Trek vibe here where everybody gets their five seconds on screen, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's everybody's part of it. Oh, man. And they just empty their guns into this poor Huey. Oh, man. It takes like three minutes to start, and you're just now thinking to do this. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. You better luck manning the rebel Chevy Vega and trying to drive out of there. Yeah, it's a pretty great sequence. And it comes, what, 20 minutes into the movie? I think so. Twenty God. Between 20 and 30 minutes. It's, it's, it's basically the, the the end of the Look first act. Look at that. Wow. All that pyro leaping off there with so, him. That's great. So let's, Was all this shot in Mexico? They didn't go mm-hmm. back and, and double any of this up in the States, did they? I, I heard there was a couple of cutaways that were done in the, in the state just like close-ups though uh-huh. but all this stuff yeah i think it was all done in mexico but if you look it's interesting to compare to movies now action movies where guys really are they've you know because the country's been fighting war since 2001 give or take you know there's all this precision and shouldering your weapon and aiming down the sights and all this and this is just emptying magazines in the general direction of guys and killing them anyway there's you know nobody again nobody really aims on their team <laughs> Nobody, nobody shoulders a gun and looks down the sight. And with Billy's, you know, he's got the shotgun under there, the master key assembly. He doesn't have to really aim, but, you know, and nobody shoots on single fire. Everybody's emptying magazines left and right, especially Blaine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God there's no fuel in those drums, yeah, I that, guess. That always kind of bugs me, to be honest, because I'm <laughs> like, why have those there? Over by the empty drums. Kind of- <laughs> Boom. Stick around. So I yeah. think that's a cutaway. I think that was one something that they shot. They decided they needed some of that. And here's Svenel and Thorson gets the grenade launch in the chest. Thunk. And he takes a grenade in the chest and flies out. But it doesn't blow up because it's not quick enough to arm. So we haven't really talked about uh, John McTiernan yet. And McT to you. McT, as he likes to be called. Um, uh, you had it all, he, McT. You had it all. So the only I was the only movie he directed before this Nomads? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've seen Nomads. I don't quite see this director <laughs> when I watch Nomads. Like he's he kind of learned quickly, right? Like if he can come in and do a big production like this and this kind of complex action with these egos too. With all these egos. I mean, I guess he was perfect for that. He I guess they all liked him a lot. Was he he knew how to stroke he, a star? Yeah, I guess. He he just what he says is that he was much more of an actor's director than he wanted anyone to know. Huh. He's basically like, I cared about the performances, I cared about the characters, but I never let anybody know that because they wanted to hire somebody that wanted to shoot the action and shoot the... So he was proficient enough and could talk the talk with that that Fox hired him. But really, in the end, he wanted to get performances out of all these people and actually like deal with the characters. So we could get a little best of both worlds, I guess. One, one of the guys who worked for McTiernan told me once that... that uh he was uh, he was a great kind of mental chess player, and he was a master of as just like you were saying. He kind of obfuscates his ability to talk to actors, but he's very good at getting people to do what he wants. And he said he would he might come up to you and say, "Gosh, I really that's a amazing looking watch. Can I can I?" And you'd extend your arm with your watch, and he'd look at it, and he'd have a couple words back and forth, and he'd walk away. All he wanted to do was know what time it was. <laughs> But he wasn't gonna. He won't directly ask. He would. He would 
flatter you in a way where you'd be feeling good about your watch and he, he really just want to know what time it i was like there. he hands him these soviet tps reports or whatever they are to look at the paperwork that they're going through it's it's a jackpot of information it's a goddamn here. gold mine really it's mostly requisitions and <laughs> complaints about not having toilet paper because it's a soviet operation dirty work so of course yeah the cold war is still embedded inside all of this stuff which is but it's great right it's an easy background yeah for soviets sure. are just easy easy bad guys to use even though they're you know two years away from voting to collapse Oh, the good old days. Yeah, by Lethal Weapon 2, they had to switch to South Africans, right? Because it's it's hard to find bad guys. Uh, Dylan, the crazy pragmatist. Well, and of course, there's this, this underlying liberalism of the Lethal Weapon movies, and so apartheid was happening, so you go, you make your bad guys South Africans, blah, blah, blah. This movie does not care one way no. about... Should we give the rebels any redeeming credit? Some uh, yeah, deep they political die easy. They die easy. <laughs> agenda. That's their redeeming quality. <laughs> yeah. Well, any, yeah, Nicaragua, they, El Salvador. Who cares? What's the difference? We know we're just in some. I got all the band. I never noticed anonymous. how many bandages are on Blaine. Wow. You know, it's amazing to me wow. how there's any village left for them right now. I'm like looking at this going. This has to all be on fire. It's all thatch. Like, and they just they just said about <laughs> right. forty fires, and yeah, they have a, a nice little uh, hut to hang That's out. Why there was the... no smoking on Gilligan's <laughs> Island? No smoking allowed. This is pretty great. This sequence where you you see the hand and you do the voice imitation stuff. That's pretty great. So yeah, thirty-one minutes in, we've just blown up a village, and we've we're moving on into the second act of the movie. And, like, no survivors, right? Like, they killed dozens of people. Oh, Dylan giving him his full Popeye look right there. Old Dutch. Oh, that's right, and the cigar shows up on the heat thing. That's pretty great. Do we know what they used to achieve the the infrared, the heat vision thing? Do we know how that was done? I was hoping I had an old Cinefix, but I couldn't find no. one on this. Uh-uh. I, I, I know how they, when we get there, I know how they achieve the effect on pre, on the Predator himself. But um, So our Greenberg is t is credited for those effects, right? And that were, they were basically a, a title company who did lots of... And an advertising agency, but they did lots of title sequences for the That's effects in, the, in this movie. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how how kind of basic it is the what they do with the predator to get that the camouflage effect on him. It's just a real simple optical illusion or an optical effect. Um, I don't know if I, I go into it now or later, but um, basically, you have some some Jean Claude Van Damme and some not in a red suit running around the um, red being the most uh, like opposite of green yeah. right so they could key it out they key it out and there's a blank spot and then they reshoot over and over again and place the image back on it's all so being done get, in through the optical printer right, right? so you yeah. get so you get you get the outline of the character but you're getting the re sort of reflection of the jungle back into it so that you have uh, it's pretty brilliant it's real simple it's simple, but it's like yeah. they didn't get to do it with computers. They still had no. to do it optically. Yeah, no, I'm sure it was time-consuming and tedious, but 
a really great effect that didn't take really his billy too much. sense his yeah. billy sense is tingling oh. they did spare well, us any you know he is native american but they did spare us any <clears throat> real mysticism in this movie right well, they never he never goes into any he doesn't shake anything or yeah, they at least skip some of the right he has his little like. medicine bag that he takes but i you yeah. know what would be great is at the at the village which is all smoky and burning if we cut to uh, a little old woman returning from market and she walks back in the village and kind of looks around she, she drops her bags and passes out or says like oh yeah yeah madre de dios or something and passes sure. out or if she if you want to go darker you just have her say a name like carlos you know like, <laughs> right. just, or, like or something or that she, indicates a small she unlocks like, a door and the hut's been blown up around it something funny like now that. we're moving into james bond territory. <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> I just think some levity would have been helpful. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, Mitch, uh, you see, we haven't talked about the first time seeing the movie. Where were you? You were in L.A. I don't remember. You don't remember? No. You know, it's weird. I, do, I don't. Um, I can take it or leave it. This movie, right? Like, I don't. I don't hate it or anything, but I don't remember having. Um, you know, any. Nothing visceral like Alien, you know, no reaction. No, or, or Die Hard, you mm-hmm. know, a year later or whatever. I don't know. Somehow this one. Uh, yeah, I wonder if this is one of those movies that fits into it. It's a generational thing and not so much of a, you know, yeah. we, Jason and I, we well, you saw it probably when you were, what, uh, 12? For me, this is seventh grade. This was yeah. uh, Bannister Mall and yeah. loved it as a kid. I f- flippin' loved, and I still do. I, I still, as an adult, I, I look at it and I see how well-crafted it is. I know the work that went into it. I know how much better it is than it probably needed to be. You know, it's yeah. it's a kind of movie where, like, you, you didn't have to make a movie this good for the summer crowd. Right. See, I don't... And it's a better Schwarzenegger movie than he kind of, other than, like, I really like Conan, but Terminator. certainly, um, and and Terminator. But Term- was Terminator right before this? Terminator's eighty four. No, no, yeah. Terminator's eighty four. And so between so, that, you have Commando and Raw Co- Deal. Yeah, Commando and Raw Deal, and both yeah. of which I really didn't like. And so that probably, that probably affected my enthusiasm for this. Yeah, I, this I and really, Running Man really, the same year are just he's yeah. he's at his peak. Oh, That's Running Man the same yeah. year, right? Yeah, me, you said that. To me personally, this one far is far better than Running Man. I like Running Man, but this it it kind of there's an aesthetic thing about Running Man that I'm kind of like eh. Where this one, I I don't have any. It's a beautiful film, this movie, and it's yeah. And there is the and the elegance that McTiernan brings to it that was going to really really show with Die Hard. It's you know it's it's vastly better directed than the Running Man. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, Paul Michael Glazer was a TV director, and <laughs> right. that's why they brought him in because the, you know a- Andrew Davis had taken over, and two weeks in they were a week behind schedule, and so Rob, Rob Cohen calls Michael Mann and says, "Give me somebody who knows how to direct your Miami Vice episodes and can do it on time." And but, that's yeah. how he got the job because yeah, they, that's they fired he, Andrew Davis. Andy, they, well, the directors had been George Cosmatos, Alex Cox. And oh my Andrew, God! And I didn't Cox, know that. Well, Alex Cox couldn't get away from um, Walker, and then uh, <laughs> Alex yeah. Cox's Running Man would have been amazing. Would have been great. And Cosmatos wanted it to be super dark, like with concentration camps and stuff. And mm-hmm. and then Andrew Davis, uh, two weeks in, he was a week behind, and so Glazer had directed two great episodes of Miami Vice. He did Smuggler's Blues and Calderon's Return, which were both great, beautiful episodes. And so. They gave it to him with a week's notice and said, no notes, you'll shoot what's on there. And he said, great. And that's how it was. So Stephen E. D'Souza's script got basically right to the screen 
without change. It's kind of great that people that uh, are listening to a Predator <laughs> right, commentary can know. find out so much about the running about man the at running. the same time. Look, same year, guys, and it's, I love both movies. Steven, Steven D'Souza script also, he was one yeah. of the writers on Die Hard, which was directed by John McTiernan. There. That's right. And also there's a little whiff there. of Steven D'Souza in this movie. They mentioned the, uh, a, a fictional country of Val Verde mm-hmm. in this movie, which is mentioned in where he goes in Commando. And they use Valverde kind of without his permission. Yeah, there is kind of an interconnectivity. Like, well, you know, D'Souza in 48 Hours. Or like, or yeah, it's no, he, worked for, he worked for Gordon and Silver yeah, all the time. And same producers. So much interconnectivity hours. here. And how different is Dutch from John Matrix? He's a, uh, you know, well, he's a super commando with a, a pretty good conscience. Not that this different. Is, I mean, yeah, you could say this could, you know, without the Predator part, this could be a prequel to Commando. This is, this is matrix before he went and had a kid <laughs> before you jenny. know before jenny before he softened up and carried giant uh, it's, entire trees it's, <laughs> it's not jenny it's chenny chen that's right <laughs> have you had kids they change your world yeah <laughs> they change everything i had to retire no more space aliens with atomic wristbands for me <laughs> boom look at that arm oh, and you know he <laughs> You know he's fully conscious. Oh yeah, oh, look that at that! Day, oh. he, he got extra pumped that day for <laughs> Just shooting. Just a whiff of Mister Universe right there. Wow. So yeah, I guess so. Schwarzenegger and Ventura. So here's your mysticism, by the way. Here oh yeah, he is with you're the medicine right. bag. You're here's right. the medicine bag. Dang it! I forgot about this little bit. Spooked. Hard K on that one. Hard K. Now was Bill Duke directing by this time? Had he started directing stuff? No, I don't know because he's what first wives Club, uh, cemetery club he did. Um, well, he, and that was like ninety one. I don't. When know. did he did do the one with the the cop movie Deep Cover with those? Oh, Lawrence Fishburne, ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, okay. Dude, was I, he doing TV before that? Did he do Miami Vice? I wouldn't be surprised. That was like a directorial incubator, wasn't it? Oh man, look how tiny that M sixteen. The is first one thing. I re- Deep Cover is the only one I can really remember. Cemetery Club, believe it or not. Yeah. Did he do Harlem Nights? Harlem Nights, no. No? That was Eddie Murphy. That was Eddie. He directed it? Yeah. Oh, Unfortunately, man. Okay. that was what happened. <laughs> oh. Might have been an okay movie, <laughs> but he was too busy partying to direct a movie. This is kind of great. Billy's so engrossed with whatever it is that he can't even talk to. That's pretty great. Look at that crazy eyes. Man. It's like Sonny Landham in a roadside adult superstore right there is where you see a gaze like that he was he was a pretty crazy dude he walked into the radio station to do an interview and looked at the uh assistant to the host and said you'd look good in leather Uh, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) john didn't you tell me he had a they had a bodyguard because they were afraid he was going to get into fights with all the other guys Yeah, so they they hired a a reverse bodyguard (laughs) for sonny landham because they were afraid because he's he was apparently well known for having a short fuse, and he would just get in physical altercations. And they didn't want that with these guys. I mean, how weird, how bad could that get if somebody decided to want to? They wanted to throw down with all these guys. More so they hired looking. some six foot eight dude to follow him <laughs> around and make sure he didn't start anything, and there was never any problems. But that was the insurance company. Make they, sure they he, knew he had a history on set of doing these things, so the insurance company made the mire that guy. Taylor made for politics, clearly. Make yeah. sure he wouldn't pull an and Oliver this, Reed on set, as we called it. <laughs> Hurling a stuntman over a wall or something. And this is the guy. He ran against Mitch McConnell in 2008 for that Kentucky Senate seat. Bold move, Sonny Bold Landum. Move. Imagine, wow. Imagine the state of our nation if Sonny Landum was the, um, <laughs> the speaker because. of the House. <laughs> the, uh, President of the head of the Senate. Head of the Senate, yeah. yeah. Majority, leader. Majority leader. I love Thank Arnold you. always using tactical whistles throughout the movie. 
He keeps whistling and signaling people. Yeah, I guess that was part of that was the other thing that they I don't know if this happened before Aliens either, but they definitely borrowed the idea of doing the training, putting the actors all through training before the oh, shoot. Oh, a little was it a Dale Die thing? Uh, I don't. Was it it might have been Warriors Unlimited. Die. Yeah, you know what? It might have been Dale Die. They don't mention his name, but uh, Die was on on uh, friend of the show Matt Gorley's. Uh, I was there too. I think he might have mentioned Predator. I can't remember. That's Captain Dale Die, USMC, yeah. retired to you and me. Uh, but but all these hand signals and everything, I guess, are real. I guess that's what they do. That's part of their training. They talk specifically about that. Dale Dye wouldn't let him shoot those guns like that. Would no, he, he would have right. yelled at him. And there we go. Man, look at that blood explosion. Wow. Yeah, I remember when I was when I first saw this movie, I mean, I'd seen some pretty violent movies at the time, but I was kind of surprised at how how gory this oh, movie is. Oh, it wallows in it. It really yeah. does. Yeah. I, McTiernan's a bit of a, he's kind of a bit of a Verhoeven thing in him. He's not as, he's not as kinky as Verhoeven by any means, but he's got a bit of a blood, uh, bloodlust kind of thing. He loves to shoot I, blood. I think it's also super necessary in this movie though to, to, it has to be to shock these warriors, right? Yeah. To shock these guys with what on God, what in God's name could do this when these are guys who slit throats for this country and make a damn good living at it. So right. for them to be shocked, it, it's got to be something horrifying. Well, part of the shock is how sw- how swiftly this happens, how yeah. unearthly it is. But yeah, the gore helps us understand, I think, a little bit more from their point of view. Yeah, I always wondered, uh, I'll get a good look at what's left of Hawkins here. No fear of making an R-rated movie back no. in the back no. in the wonderful 1980s. No, God. you know, God, those are the days. Has there been a PG-13 Predator movie that they've always been R? I think or Rodriguez maybe one of the, is. No, 2000, is, oh, you might be right. 2010 one was R, maybe or PG-13. That was Predators, and this is a great shot with the I can't tell on Arnold's look. That's great. That's really great. Yeah, predators where they they kidnap people, the worst, the worst of the worst, yakuza and spetsnats, and mm-hmm. drop them on a planet and hunt them. That's right. Because I guess they don't want to travel anymore. I don't think I've seen that one. It's all right. It's you know, it's 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 all right actually. I, I thought the predator last year with uh, that that Shane Black did was pretty great too. Not this, but I enjoyed it a lot. I still haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. You're the worst. I never saw Alien versus Predator. Get me a helmet. I've we seen, have to bury I've him. seen the first Alien versus Predator, which made me not ever want to see the second one. I didn't even know there was more than one. Yeah, there was, uh, what was it? AVP something or another. I can't remember. Requiem. Requiem. Yeah, that's where they came to like 2010 Oregon. What kind of Alien Minute person am I that I don't even know how many Alien versus Predator movies there are? What do you mean you don't understand I mean, all the plot holes in Prometheus? What's the matter with you? It's hard. It's hard to find diehard alien fans aliens alien franchise fans that like those movies even i there's some some people are completists and like it all but i don't find a whole lot of people that defend those those you you should see them all but yeah paul tom was it paul ws anderson did the first avp whoever wins we Mm -hmm. lose Mm -hmm. and then they gave the brothers strauss whoever these geeks are Alien versus Predator Requiem. I don't even know who that is. They were just offing high school kids in like Colorado or something. Right. Because that's why the Predator, that's why the Alien. You mean that's how they found the directors? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They they shot up enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They started eliminating high school kids. They were kidnapping high school kids to direct their AVP movies. 
Yeah, that's well, that. That was pretty much the bottoming out of the franchise before Ridley got interested in it again. Well, let's see, he's got the M sixty four grip right there. Yeah, and he's got the weird joystick style firing trigger, and this was all rigged up. This was created. His battery was he he was attached to a battery when he fired it that was like on the ground or like a big cable ran to it to spin up the gun. Um, and then I don't even want to know how many blanks they had to buy for that. I have, I have, I, I had no idea that Jesse was such a big MTV fan because he's yeah, got I, his that's MTV one thing I wondered, t-shirt. And it, I didn't know if you guys knew it, but when they were all getting off the Hilo at the beginning and they all had their individual outfits, did, did they get, did they get to pick their own outfits, the actors, or were they dressed that way? Do you know? I don't, I don't know. Because Bill Duke in his neat suit and Jesse in his MTV gear. I wondered. Uh, hopefully that means Hawkins is okay. You don't need guts to survive. Hopefully right? he's panning up to some arboreal hospital where he's being well taken care of. He's been fitted for some synthetic large <laughs> intestines. <laughs> a synthetic <Well>. everything. <laughs> We're going to put in bionic everything. This is such a slow, long. Like, really, it's, it's really a long, long, long shot, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. It's rough. Big payoff, though. Yeah, it's pretty great. Now here, there was some story about the Predator was supposed to have some other kind of weapon, and that's what the blood spray is on Jesse after he he ignores the wombat or whatever. Right. There's a one, there's a weird moment here. Yeah. yeah there, he gets spattered and stunned by something before the plasma caster blows out his chest, um, and it's it was a remnant because the Predator had some other kind of weapon, some projectile launcher, and they edited everything out except this first hit that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh. So what hits him the second time is the parrot gun, right on his yeah. shoulder that they called it. Um, but yeah, that first one is like, oh wait, does it? No, why does blood splatter onto him? Did right, they, it's did some the predator kill the the little animal first. I don't know. It's I never really thought gimmick. about it. It's always been like a jarring moment, but then you get that big payoff with the next shot, and then here's the okay. In the history of motion pictures, has there ever been more bullets fired within the shortest, shorter period of time as this? I don't know. Can that, you think of another well, the, movie the, the, where the this mini many gun, shots are fired? The minigun skews it dramatically. Right, but then everybody else, too, and it goes on forever. Yeah. They all reload a few times. Yeah, they each, each, each guy empties his M16 or whatever like four times. And then Poncho's uncorking grenades and his MP5. And they have so much faith in each other's like judgment. That That's they don't a great even shot. Ask. Oh, my God. They don't even ask what they're shooting at or even think to. They're just like, he's shooting that direction. So should we. Right. <laughs> and don't question it. Contact. That's all I need to hear. I wonder if Joel Silver was going through the script doing his whammo moments. And he's like, well, right now, nothing really whammo is happening. So we'll have to. So we'll have a, everybody empty their guns kind of super whammo. Super whammo. And he would do those whammo charts where every five minutes he had yeah. to have a something big happen in his films. He wanted to be Selznick, you know. I think that. Bill I mean, Duke. I'll give I'll give that to to Silver and some of these '80s producers that came in and they really wanted to recapture that image of the producer as the. The really powerful figure at the, the top the, of everything, right. over directors, over the studio, over everybody, you know? Big, loud. I can loan you Schwarzenegger for your production. 
Yeah, sadly, nobody had contracts like that with <laughs> right, actors, and right. so they, the power would never never quite get to that point. No, not when Arnold can ask for a Gulfstream and get it, right? Wow, look at that wound. Some, some Holy ribs wow. There. Just shattered ribs. I think he was maybe punched by some sort of superhuman. No, he, no. And And... Arnold Schwarzenegger, M.E., quickly does a... <laughs> I <laughs> suspect murder. <laughs> no shot, da, 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 no, da, no da. <laughs> Dutch M.E. <laughs> this didn't happen from falling out of a tree. I love the cut to the close-up on We Hit Nothing. That's pretty great, too. And him holding his toy gun. Look how tiny it is. In his I mean, own. he's a super focused actor, you know? Like, I think Arnold works a lot, actually, at his craft. I yeah. know he did before Conan, like diction <laughs> lessons and everything else. But I think he. this is the point where he wasn't phoning in anything. He was still working hard. Well, I th- yeah. I think he always worked harder than Stallone, right? Because Stallone, and, you know, this was 87, so Cobra's 86. Stallone's got, you know, doubles standing in for him in almost every scene so he can watch the NBA playoffs. And I guess because Cosmatos was an easy director to sort of bully and push around. But Arnold always struck me as someone who worked really hard. In everything he ever did. I mean, that's why he, you know, go back, watch Pumping Iron. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Once he decided he wanted to do something, he was the guy. I I guess a lot of guys that make it to the so-called top, that's what you find out about them. A lot of times they're the people that won't quit. They're the ones that are always going to do the more that it takes, you know. and he did, man. You could see it in the in the weightlifting films. Yeah, like five the, times Mr. Olympia or something. And he decides like, to nobody do. Nobody had done that. Yeah, he decides he's going to do this thing, and he puts in the work to do it. you got to give mm. it up, you know, all the way to the, being the governor. And yeah. I swear to God, he'd be the president, would have been the president of the United States had, they, had that been allowed. Possible, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I honestly believe he would be. So here now they're fortifying, I guess, a clearing. I'm not sure. Well, they're setting up the claymores, meaning mines, not enormous Scottish swords. Right. Face this way, face toward, face this toward enemy. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank God that's on there. Can you imagine? <laughs> somebody gave me a claymore to set up, and if that wasn't written that way, somebody I'd blow us all up. Somebody assembled the claymores backwards. Is that a line from a movie? No, it's oh. just an idea I had. That if that happened, it would be a horrible. Horrible situation. I like that pensive Arnold, right? Because he's like, he's dealing with something he's never dealt with before. Yeah, and it's kind of great. And these guys are allowed to be human a little bit here. They're not. This isn't just as much machismo as there is in this movie. Bill Duke, he's got he's emotional. You know, like yeah, I, he's going crazy. I believe too. it enough to. Yeah, he's losing it. He, the yellow eyes would probably freak out most anybody. I think. And what's funny is you never have a they never have a real moment anywhere earlier in the movie, do they? Where they're friends. More yeah, so you don't really get that. Else. You're right. There there isn't a bonding moment between Blaine and, and and Mac. But it's okay. I don't think I need it. I think I believe him when he says he's his friend. It'd be nice if he quietly kissed him and then pulled the poncho back over him, wouldn't it? Be a nice moment. Yeah. And I 
you, you can't tell me that walking around the jungle hauling a 300 pound dead soldier with you uh that's that's got to be a bit of a burden yeah pretty sparing with its shifting away from the guys you know yeah and our so first, this is our first big reveal and it was so so you know you wanted it to be more exotic or more interesting than well, this a is giant a, human we're we're I'm, midway into the movie pretty much so the midpoint and this is very much a, term, thing. a terminator moment right this is, reminds me a little get, first aid when he's doing his eye yeah when we get because in terminator we get obviously we get moments of him coming you know when he comes in when he gets the, you know kills bill paxton and his friends and so on but this is kind of that scene is kind of the big moment where you're with the Terminator to me, and this is now what's he trying to do? But this is definitely is this, this is definitely a guy in a suit. Oh yeah, for sure. So they're just sort of gonna say that's what we're gonna do. Here we go. You can see it. We just saw the whole and, Predator right there. And I guess we we should talk about that very thing because the original idea of the Predator was a was a disaster. Like, have you guys ever seen the original design? No. It's like spindly legged, like reverse knees. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a, uh, yeah, like a werewolf with like a dog head, and it's a. And they said that came out of the box. Basically, they had to wait and wait and wait for it to show up on set. When it showed up on set, everybody to a person said, "Nope, that's not going to be the predator." <laughs> so they so they called Stan Winston. Actually, according to the Stan Winston story, Schwarzenegger said, "Call Stan Winston." He'd worked with him before, and they did. And they said. You know, brought him into the office, and I think the story is that Joel Silver had some kind of a big painting of a Rastafarian warrior on the wall in his office, huh. and it was like, "We got to work this quick." So he's like, "How about it like that?" Okay, and him and so then um, Winston and James Cameron were on a plane together, and he was sketching the, he was sketching it while they were on the plane to Japan. Is the mandibles, and, and Cameron said, "I've always wanted to see some mandibles." I on remember that. Monster. That's it. That's it. All came. It all had to be done very quickly. Wow. And, of course, Stan Winston being the master that he was pulled it off really well because I think it's an amazing effect. I think, first of all, the design of the character is great because you can't have just a guy in a suit. And it is otherworldly, but it's also a guy in a suit. You don't have to try to sell us on the idea. He's just a humanoid alien. Right, but even though it doesn't change through the course of the movie like the alien does, Mm -hmm. it reveals different things. So so you get to take the helmet off at a certain point and you get a different... Hey, man, a different view of it. That that face, the face, like we're not there. Obviously, it's at the end. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty it's good. Really well it's done. Pretty scary. So it takes it. You know, it's got one big dialogue scene here, but it's it's a pretty visual film. You know, you can watch this thing without without. Uh, dialogue and you can pretty much follow it oh yeah i mean that shot right there i honestly don't need billy to say what he's saying that the way that's framed the everything yeah the way he's performing it you get the idea that this is the moment where you know this is the foreboding thanks for that billy thanks for that we're all gonna die thanks billy Now you think Dylan thinks it's that's the truth? Or you think it's bravado? They, that they're, it's a bunch of just half-ass rebels chasing him. You think he really believes that after no, seeing that wound? Not. No, absolutely not. I think it's bravado. We've had too many cutaways to him, expressions on his face of total confusion. He's trying to maintain the sense that he understands what's going on, but he especially when your men are going to be out 
making speeches like this to the moon at night. Yeah. <laughs> Holding an M60 <laughs> with a couple hundred rounds yeah. ready. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Mac? Maybe maybe you it, bed down for the night. You guys didn't think you had Donald Pleasance on the mission, but you got me. <laughs> I'm the guy you kind of want to worry about. At least nobody goes full Donald Pleasance or full Ian Holm in this. They all try to hang in. Ian <laughs> Holm. <laughs> you know. I don't remember that. I'm going to cut your name into him. That's pretty great. Uh-oh. Oh, that's right. Pork for dinner. I forgot about that. That's right. Poor Mac. How many of these big misdirects do we really get? Just the big one? Yeah, just the yeah, one. This is the big just one, the, right? the wild, the wild pig. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's going dog nuts. This pig is so big it looks like it's from that movie Razorback. Razorback, yeah. yeah. Don't fuck with me, says Mac. Too big. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about wild game hunting, but I it's really impressive, I think, to kill <laughs> to just straight up kill a wild boar like that. I imagine that would be a, <laughs> a, a difficult thing to pull off. And again, everybody who's in charge of the girl's security completely screws up. Because she's not going anywhere. She's She hates pigs. Who wants pork chops? That's a lovely shot. What time of year did this come out? Was it a summer movie? I think it was. I actually didn't look at the release date. And I didn't see it in the theater. I don't remember. I was still not allowed to see things like this in the theater at that time. Jason, what was the weather like when you saw this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you saw it, So you saw it at the Bannister it Square? It was a warm day. Uh, or Bannister in the Mall. In the Bannister Mall. Mall. Yeah. That's where I saw Did Alien this, 3. Played this in the old fun factory. Yeah. Went oh, to the arcade, home of the 33-cent token. Three I tokens miss Bannister Mall, to be honest. I loved that place. Mm-hmm. Spencer Gifts probably bought myself a fart machine and a black light poster <laughs> while I was at it. Yeah. Went to the Tape World. Maybe gone into Tape World and got the new warrant. <laughs> Everyone in England's like, oh, we want to hear you reminisce more about Kansas City malls. <laughs> that's a huge... <laughs> That's a huge logic leap that it's using the trees, right? To to put two and two together and say, you know, whatever's human beings don't use trees. Yeah, you almost want it like when he gives that line, you almost want somebody to have a cynical re- response or like a skeptical response. Right, we're not fighting Spider Man like here, Major. Tarzan, right? and it's not, yeah, something like that. But no, he punches right through. She speaks English. Yeah, no, he gets it out of her. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks for that. No. Yeah, I don't. He didn't quite get the gist of what she was saying, I don't think. It shows sheer professionalism on Carl Weathers' part that he actually says those lines. (laughs) Fucking lizard. Really? It's like, I get get those lines. You don't give those to Shane Black. You got to give those to me. (laughs) 
Now, I like that he's all in now, though, right? That Dutch knows whatever it is, you know, she needs to have a good chance, too. He's he's bought into whatever it is. Here's Here comes our big line. The tagline, maybe. I don't know if it was at the time. Look how he's lit. Look at that face. It's lit just right. Wow. If it bleeds, we could kill it. Is the release poster for this movie pretty much similar to Commando? Is it just Arnold? It's it's Arnold with a bit of the, you know, heat vision and a target. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a a half-body shot of him. Almost exactly like the cover of Contra. The video the, game the so hunt, on the, the hunt money begins. The oh my god! Now this is quite an undertaking. And we'll give him credit. This is the first time we've opted for old-fashioned Hollywood montage, yeah. you know. And yeah. so that's like it's, we're halfway into the picture. So the filmmaking's been. I always judge the quality of a movie by the number of montages. And if there's so you more than one, I'm very suspicious. So I guess you don't like Rocky Three, probably, which has 14 montages. No, I don't Rocky like III, it. Rocky Three, the training montage is sensational. There's like however. seven montages in a row in that it's movie. Awful. <laughs> it's like that last King of England movie. My God, that film was the so. Last King but, of Scotland. King of Scotland. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It was filled with these just dreadful montages one after another i wondered whether they were trying to save the picture or something because god it was awful and yet it was a major oscar winner that movie for a very showy performance <laughs> that crazy? Uh, arguably, i really wanted a tool. Ar- an arguably hammy performance i wanted a wins. tool to win for venus he won year. he won yeah. an oscar whitaker won an oscar for a scene where he f- had to have a, the world's largest fart that's like yeah. basically you heard there was a one scene where the doctor got him to fart and that was their uh, big bonding moment. I actually left. I didn't even make it to the end of that movie when <laughs> I saw it in the theater. I hit one too many montages. I'm like, I'm out. I'm not a Forrest Whitaker hater like some people I'm are. I'm not but, either. But I just didn't movie, like that movie. No, yeah. give me Ghost Dog any day, but I'm I'm good on the last on um last on the last King of Scotland. Oh, Poncho who did nothing but cut vines while everybody else is pulling an entire tree over. <laughs> this is such a the, the the dry shave is just hilarious. So is he, okay? Is he actually shaving? Because that would be the last thing you'd want to do in the jungle all the time. You'd co- have constant razor burn, sweat going. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It makes this. He's a tough one, man. I mean, I haven't shaved in a long time, and one of the reasons is because I don't like the feeling of sweating into shaved skin. The things we're learning today <laughs> about you, John. I'll I'll let you. Hey, you know we've known these guys for a long time. There's also that that happens sometimes, and I don't want that either. So look at Dylan's assessing. Look, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> hey, this guy's gone. This guy's gone. Here's a question for you, though. So we know that what's coming up, the predator's going to get grabbed by the net thing, but wouldn't its heat vision have seen the dudes? Right? Wouldn't it know they were there? I never understood it. When I saw the movie the first time, I thought it was going to be another red herring. that They were going to have caught another pig or something. <laughs> I, I really did. I seriously did. Pork chops again, guys. And then, and then you know, it shoots its way well, out of the you, net. So, do you, you mean he, he, sure, he sees them here, but what does that have to do with the net? Like, well, he why would know. it get suckered in the net when it sees them waiting to bushwhack it? I don't know. I, why wouldn't he we blast them with his plasma caster from 
wherever or do something predatory and clever as opposed to getting stuck in their wily e. coyote bullshit and having to blast his way out with his space maybe gun it's, maybe it's part of the game the problem is we never get the predator's point of view on what exactly he's doing is he just basically hunting them or is there like a would be nice. levels of of difficulty he has to accomplish? Would, or is he a really bad hunter? Right, maybe as he's, the predator. he's one of those guys who this is the only time he hunts, right? right. Maybe he, this is the first. Maybe this is his first time out. You know how they'd send the young warrior out uh, on his own. So he's dumb enough to take off his mask and a fight man. a guy hand to hand. Or yeah. is the corporate yeah. executive who really doesn't know what he's doing and he's just paid oh a whole bunch God. of money oh, to go it. to Earth on this hunt? Oh God, well, he's the Bill Clay of predators. He goes to a combat <laughs> ranch. Bill, Bill Clay. Bill Clay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, in the second one, Danny Glover gets the best of that of the uh, predator, yeah. and then all these like wizened older predators show right. up to take it away. So you get the idea that that guy might have been. Yeah. He might have been a, a newbie. Like this was his first. He was like hunt. the squire of Gothos. <laughs> You're right. The squire. Oh. I'm going to Why Earth. We get Star Trek? I get to go to Earth. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Pack that, my parrot gun. That was one of the better Star Trek references we've gotten. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's but him yeah. on every poster right there and on the cover of the... I'm telling you, and that's Contra, man. That's yeah. Like where they got it. that game. I don't know which came first. Poncho looks really freaked out. Like, Poncho has been on, like, super alarmed look since Billy told him we're all going to That's all die. he gets to play for the entire film. Yeah. He's, he's, Poor he's, Richard Chavez. We'll say that's the least, uh, least he gets to play conceived of the characters. Colonel Ironhorse in War of the Worlds, but... I mean, look at that. He was right so behind him. Yeah. right behind him. So I'm telling you, I think part of the game, this most dangerous game he's playing, part of it is get yourself caught and get yourself out of it. Get some more points that way. Or, this is great. Or, that is great. That oh, is just that so hurts. shocking. It's so much better than the, it really tops the net, that's for sure. Yeah, that hurt, that blow really hurts, man. Uh-oh. That's great when it sputters and, yeah, that's so cool. But it okay now. Can Did, we? How do we feel about the predator now that we see him? Is he disappointing? I I don't think he's particularly exotic or alien looking. Not very interesting. I think he's great. I've always loved the design of the predator. Uh, am I? He's just alien enough for me, and I and I and I think it's better than trying to have some alien, really alien thing. Like we don't want the xenomorph running around like this. I guess you know yeah. what I mean. Because then it would. The reason why the xenomorph worked in Alien is because they kept it pretty still. Shot it in a certain way and didn't expose it to daylight. You know, I don't know. I like it. I've I actually wondered whether there were more than one of them when I first saw this. Oh yeah, yeah, because there was like that they were being hunted by multiple. Like there was, yeah. they would be invisible, and there were a couple of moments where they'd cut. He was over there, and then he was over here, and then I was like, "Well, is he just really fast, or are there two of them?" Yeah, and they don't really play that reveal out until the end of Predator Two, and then it's a you know. That's not what's happening. Right. It's, you know, they make you think that that's what's happening for a second at the end. But that would have been an interesting reveal if they would have suddenly been surrounded. But then again, you they're they're taking us to the mano y mano third act. You know, they want it to. Be yeah, you know, it's man. headed there. But I, I was yeah. just saying when I watched the movie, yeah. I think the first time I was like, are there more? Maybe there's more. Than yeah, one. sure. Maybe that's not the same. I'm just glad that Mac is kind of getting it wired together again and that he's back with us. Because, you know, when you go into combat, you really want to sing Little Richard. In, in a really weird great way, great warrior, too. Richard Penniman is... Divest yourself of everything except your M60 and your ammo belt. Don't even bring the box. That's it. All I need is my fingerless gloves, my fatigues, and my gun. And now I'm gone. I'm... Yeah. 
I guess it's nice to have a bird crumb for him to find, I guess. Although, just follow the singing. Yeah, can he just hear him singing? Right. <laughs> Him and his twin MP5s, like he's going to so, go full John Woo on the Predator. So what what do we think motivates Dylan here for his change of heart? Well, he said maybe I can get even, right? Yeah, but is that enough? Is it? Is there a connection? Did we get a bit of a connection with him? I think seeing members of the team die on a mission that he assigned and being right there probably had something to do with it, right? Yes. He put He put him there, and he's watched him get picked off one by one. So he's probably, we know he's... Sort of human. I mean, he has this redemptive arc. Well, it didn't seem to bother, honestly, it didn't bother him that much about Hopper. So that's something that was his responsibility too, right? I'm wondering if there isn't supposed to be this implied connection between the two of them. An awkward first date where that, for where it's, And now in this moment. I feel like this is like a bonding moment, right? Yeah, this, this is right a moment here. where they've come back together after they've had their mm-hmm. yeah fight. So this is where he becomes willing to sacrifice himself is what I mean. Actually put his neck out for the rest of the guys that happens. Well, now he, well, of course he also buys into it. That helps, right? You, you get the shock treatment of actually seeing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess he's the last, last to really, you know, he was the doubter the whole time, or at least wanted to be. And now he can't deny it. And now his little Cooper, whatever made him great, whatever made, uh, Dutch respect him before starts to come out, right? Yeah, now a little like, soldiering, oh, a little tactical thinking, right? We can get him. Of course, he's so a what li- score he's to settle himself with the craziest guy? What score to I just think all the have? lost men. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what that means. I think that that bonds them that they were both here to settle the scores okay. of all of the lost men. But I don't know on all the missions I mean, before this. No, I just think the guys that they've lost their on this comrades? mission. Okay. Yeah, certainly Mac is bought into that. God, he's looking less. Cr- Less sane with every shot. He doesn't get very far in his infiltration either. No. He gets zeroed and and Yeah, this whole like work your way around the back business, I I figured this thing probably has really good hearing. He probably knows where they are, right? And it's also unbelievably mobile, right? It leaps from tree to tree. Which becomes less plausible once we see it in real life, but you know, it's and here it's it's like bushwhacking him. It has its little targeting designator just waiting. I mean, I think what we're getting here is the, these guys are hyper-capable soldiers, but they're dealing with something that they've never dealt with. They have no idea how to strategize against something like this. <laughs> and the only, the only one that's going to figure it out has to be our big guy, our Schwarzenegger at the end, you know? So these guys getting picked off easily kind of makes sense. What's weird is it was standing right over him and still chose to laser him, right? Mm-hmm. Like it could have just reached down and punched him. Yeah. But it, it, I don't know if it wanted to teach a lesson or just didn't want to get its hands dirty. But it is funny how we've got the pick him off thing. I know that in war movies that happens too. You've got the squad, and some of them mm-hmm. are going to make it, and some of them aren't. But you think about Southern Comfort, and then you think about all the slasher movies that were happening and there is this this there's a one of the pleasures of the movie is like who's going to die and in what order and who dies first and yeah, it's a pretty good fusion right of genres who's the final girl yeah <laughs> final girl the virginal arnold schwarzenegger yes i don't do drugs or have sex i'm waiting for my husband yeah so you'll live 
And here's something interesting. I thought Mac, based on, I thought his head was pretty much disintegrated, but there he is. The back of his head is pretty much disintegrated, for sure. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> Seriously. They, not in the face, not in the right. face. <laughs> well, it just doesn't, I mean, you got to, from based on what we saw, the back of his head must be pretty much gone. This is nice, too. But all this, yeah, this stuff is, this is real mctiernan stuff, man. Like some of the camera... That little canted angle he uses there when he's looking at him through the um, through the grass. Is that Dolly, I guess? Slowly moving from right to left? That's just a pan. Yeah. And again, you're not going to hit him 100 yards away in a tree if you don't aim. I can see how he was annoyed about wanting to shoot Scope because he's really using this mm-hmm. frame. Wow. That's great. The the shriek that lasts like a half minute. So you can kind of see it there. The uh, actual shape of the predator that it was before. Oh, really? It, yeah, there's a little bit of the head shape is a little weird. See how it's a little bit. Uh, so you're saying that's solid. the that's the dog that's, that's the dog well, predator. Well, it's the red suit. If you look at the red suit they used, it had a certain shape. I'm not saying it's the shape of the dog suit, right? But it's a different yeah, shape than the definitely. predator they finally decided upon. Because you'll see, I think if, you know, if you uh, watch Predator Two, when you see the camouflage version of him, you can kind of see dreadlocky kind of look. Yeah, too, but not in this. But it's not like in kind this. of squared off on the top. It's very weird. But if you look at that red suit, it's very bizarre, man. And I Where guess, did you see the red suit? There's just some behind the scenes shots and stuff, and it was the on suit this that, Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. on the uh, one of the documentaries. This is John's Blu-ray. It's not mine, so I haven't seen the Blu-ray until today. Look at Billy's little they, knife machete thing. Wow, it's solid. They don't talk about it on this Blu-ray, but John Claude Van Damme was in the suit for a few days of shooting. So sometimes I think sometimes it's him running around. Oh, I thought you were joking. No, really. No, he was. They thought his martial arts, like training and stuff, and his physical, you know, presence would help. Wow. But he hated it so much and complained <laughs> a lot. And, and you know, he wasn't a star. There's no all, Van Damage right? to be had. When did Bloodsport come out? Eighty-five. Oh, maybe so. Bloodsport had already come out, which is kind of crazy to think that they would. He would even want to do something like this, but he did. They did not like it. Nobody enjoyed his presence on the set. And it's crazy and how they realized they needed a, a much networking taller... opportunity gone wrong. Yeah. It's crazy how rapidly Billy dies, right? He's super ready. Yeah. He's got his big blade. The Predator's got his double blade thing, and yet he apparently dies very quickly. Yeah. And poor Poncho just I mean, goes out like a punk. Poncho's, every rib is broken. Uh, like, how uh, does he, how is he even standing? Now look right here when Arnold fires, you'll see a little gimmick in the middle of his gun barrel, and it's it's his blank firing attachment. Oh, and it blows the gun in half, and yet keeps him alive. Is that deliberate? Probably. So yeah, I think the I think this predator plays games with them a little bit. I think he knows who's the higher who's the who's the guy he wants to face off with at the end. Anna. It does seem like more of a game than just a hunt to me. You notice that Anna's the one who's intact. That's his. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the big quarry at the end. He's going to have his big face off with Anna. <laughs> well, there's the whole thing that does seem a little bit tech, like that they figure out very quickly that it doesn't k- kill people with weapons. Uh, Arnold right? put that together. Yeah, yeah. Arnold so figured it out. So why not drop your weapons and walk out? 
That's, bite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's always been a problem for me. And, the, and it comes back in Predator 2 as well. They play with the idea a lot. Yeah, that, I'm on um, home base. You can't touch me. I mean, multiple multiple citizens are massacred in Predator 2 simply because they're conceal and carry. Yeah, on the subway. Yeah. yeah. This is a pretty great fall. Oh, it's great. Focus is a little soft. On yeah, that, isn't it? it definitely is. Yeah, I know Rick Sylvester off the Asgard there, but he's doing his best. And no back to the Fox Ranch to do the jump like in Butch Cassidy. Right. Right. Focus is a little soft there, too. Wow. It's a little better, but yeah, it's still soft. That looks really refreshing to me. I oh, nothing beats later though, when, when he covers himself in mud and then goes. I'm always like, oh, thank God he got that mud. Off. Yeah, this seems so uncomfortable to me <laughs> when he covers himself in mud. That's just a nightmare. He's to me. got his little grotto. He found. I mean, it all looks very <laughs> idyllic and refreshing here. Yeah, it is. He should just hang out here. Last resort. Yeah, after God knows taking probably three or four gallons worth of enema when he jumped in there, I'm right. sure. Right. From a hundred feet up. That's great looking. Wow. There's so many beautiful shots of this jungle, man. Jason, wonder, do you know the man the amount of what what distance can you jump before the water is so hard that it doesn't like, now wait a minute do that's, anything to yeah help you that's out. that's not fair because there are guy there's a guy who bailed out over Guadalcanal who stiffened his body when he hit and there have been people who stiffened their bodies when they jumped off the golden gate and they reconsidered and they went in you know both feet together and they were still fine so I don't know water's supposed to be like concrete above a couple hundred feet right right but that depends on the surface Surface your body one. surface uh, and also how much the of it water is hitting the water is rough or smooth if that's yeah. why you see when these stupid red bull diving competitions there's always a bubbler in the water to disturb the surface which somehow makes it softer when you enter or something so great reveal of the predator here and i um have to say this about arnold's acting right here so this is like hitchcock's talking about uh, negative reacting do you know about that whole thing where Hitchcock would encourage his actors to 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 drop their expression rather than add an expression right. to show an impact. And it's so cool with this because he is completely acting with his body. Mm-hmm. And when he when he finally, you know, the predator finally walks away, it's just amazing to watch him relax and you just sort of yeah, all the every, tension vanishes. Yeah, it's really yeah. really it's really cool. So I don't know how do we feel about seeing the predator now with its full helmet and dreads and everything. I, I've always loved it. I've always thought it looked cool. And, and I don't know if I would say it's like scary. I don't get that from this movie anyway. The, to me, I lean way into the action. It's not a horror movie to me or anything like that. But I've always thought the design was really cool and very practical. Like I said, you could get... This guy can actually perform... The, I, I feel bad because I've forgotten the actor's name. Kevin, Kevin Peter, Peter Hall. Hall. Thank you. He can actually perform this. Uh, there's... Nothing really holding him back. They built him a suit that could that he could actually maneuver he in. Was and a decent actor. He was on that yeah. TV show, The Misfits of Science or whatever. And it was. also He'll Harry be. and the Hendersons. He'll oh, did he this. play? Did yeah, he play? He, he gets right. FaceTime at the end of this movie as well. But uh, 
I will say that uh, MythBusters did bust the myth that this would work. The it's mud. The mud. God damn the mud, MythBusters. The mud warms very quickly. Your body temperature will warm the mud, and the mud will then be revealed on any kind of heat vision. So, sorry, so the Arnold. Person, their their person got blasted with a plasma caster, yep. and it was myth busted. But, yes, the actual predator. <laughs> they went all out. This was the the super like the ultra realistic <laughs> MythBusters. Blasted one. They actually well, we kill lost you. an intern. But this myth has been busted. And there's his new home. Yeah, 81 minutes in. So we're roaring into the third act. Is everybody dead? Everybody's dead, right? Except, Except for Anna. Anna. Except for Anna, yeah. Okay, back. I think we're back in montage mode. Did we get a second one? Yeah. Basically, any kind of preparation, gearing up, or you know, any sort of Swiss Family Robinson type. He's like Bob Vila with vines, though, man. He's really good. I mean, he's really, really skilled with vines. We we don't get any of his whittling skills, but you know there's some whittling that went on with those pegs <laughs> that he had to make. Oh my gosh! A, a whittling scenes we <laughs> scenes we wish we would have seen. <laughs> there will be no one seated during the excited whittling scene of Predator. Whittling, and we all want to see at least, at least a little bit of that. I think it's so, still a pretty restrained montage. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not razzle dazzly. It's pretty pretty straight shot. Leading to that shot, is leading the to shot. Only thing holding an entire tree in the air. Yeah. Do oh. we believe that? Oh, Billy. And this, is, boy, I tell you, this was shocking to me. <laughs> I had not seen anything quite like that when I was Yeah. Movie. It's like, wow, your head's still attached. Uh, to wow. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> and we get what this moment where he's going to wash it, right? He's, you see the full process in the second movie. I noticed where he actually cleans he polishes the whole everything, skull and yeah. polishes it, and then puts it up in his trophy case next to a xenomorph skull, by the way, in Predator Two. But and uh, Alf, and Alf, Alf is in there too. <laughs> you hope. I thought so. You hope. He, you hope a predator <laughs> visited Melmac. I really hope a predator hit Melmac. Yo, be. just on a contract <laughs> from any number of cats on Earth, he would have retained his services. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not an Alf fan. So we're kind of third <laughs> montage here, aren't we? Oh, you're right. The, the, bit, his you're nighttime right. preps and, and his war little, paint and bow. And this one's a little bit more sultry. This one's a little bit more... Arnold after dark? little dissolve, like the dissolves and such. Yeah. A little whiff of Pine Haven, mm-hmm. body heat. Oh, yeah. How does Arnold look? Well tended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like the whole giving up his grenades to, to make his homemade gimmicks. Not a lot of explosive in the propellant part of the grenade. But thank God he's got a leaf and <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so this is Star Trek, right? A little bit. Arena. A little, yeah. <laughs> Without the rock bouncing off the Gorn's chest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about the Predator and the Gorn. Really? Being compared, uh, yeah. but I, I guess you're right. I do love the skull caress. That's great. The love in his trophy is really great. And there's the war paint. Yeah. 
But it's nice, right? It's, there's a little bit of also of Rocky and Drago, right? Because Drago in his montage was all high tech and steroids and everything else, and Rocky's you know pulling wagons and rocks and whatnot. And here, you know, you've got the super soldier reduced to just his ingenuity, not no high tech weapons of any kind, and you've got the ultimate high tech hunter going up against him. So, is this kind of a snobs against the slob scenario? Is this a Caddyshack or a Meatballs? Kind of scenario, maybe definitely more meatballs than Caddyshack. May, are you ready for the summer? But he's a yeah. It's he's he's been reduced back to the primal man, right? Mm-hmm. But like with all the skills of a Fort Bragg kind of super soldier, right? So yeah, he's he's a caveman, but a caveman with you know a four hundred pound bench press and a lot of knowledge. I'm like sure this. I'm I'm reaching too far, but I always think about when uh, John McClane pops up. Out of the fountain in Die Hard, where there's all the trees and bushes and around, like, uh, him. Uh, and it's like uh, he's a primitive man again, right. just oh, just like Arnold. Right. No, he definitely is grunting a lot in this very unique sort of way. Uh, McLean is. <laughs> I do love the look too. The predator answering the cry when he when he jerks his head up and he knows he's being summoned. That's pretty great. And then he heats up his double switchblade thing. It's a big old wrestling match to come. And daytime again? No, we're still night. I guess it's just a lot of smoke. Yep, big old, big old lights. Yeah, let's let's shoot night for night, please. There we go. Yeah, they're shooting night for night here. Yeah, Arnold's done everything he can to level the playing field. Although when he shoots, you know, when he tests his bow, you see him shoot an arrow like through a tree trunk, and you're like, "Ooh, that's pretty lethal." But when he shoots the big grenade tip thing. It's sort of a droopy, like you realize that it's not quite that powerful. So you'll see it. He shoots, I believe, from upper right to left. And it's this kind of where it just sort of drops out of it a little bit. And you'll you'll see it's I was disappointed when I saw it. I thought, well, that's not going through any tree trunk anytime soon. That's great looking. Wow. And this is the other great touch where his plan is kind of he has to reconfigure it because the thing shows up behind him. It's pretty great, too. I can't remember what the audience was doing when I saw this movie, whether they were into it and cheering and whether it was a big crazy thing or not. It was a giant hit. It was a real big hit when it came out. I assume that's people were great. Cheering. Wow. Oh, yeah, that is really cool. I wonder wow. if that's Noticed that before, for some reason. And he Tarzan's his way over. Take that, Ron Ely. Of all the Tarzans, you go. You go to Ron Ely. <laughs> Why not? Come on. <laughs> no Elmo Lincoln. Take that, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Jock Mahoney. <laughs> So, yeah, all right, so he, he yanks out his arsenal here. Uh, let's see if he's got the, yeah, he's going to use the grenade. So, yeah, all right, so watch when he shoots this particular bulbous arrow. It sort of just mez out of it. It doesn't really fly out. It's kind of sad. More weight on the front. Than yeah, but clearly not a powerful bow either. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a kid oh, with a toy yeah. bow, the rubber sticker dart gun. That's great. The the pyro at night is really cool. Wow. It must have been so loud. Yeah. It you must know, have been if you deafening. were if you were in the nearby resort, be like the Miami Vice action spectacular every night. Look at that though. Wow. That's great. And it works too. It blasts them right out of the tree. The thing is all is I don't know, panicky or vengeful. I I can't tell which, but it works. I like this movie way better watching it on this Blu-ray because <laughs> it's really it's beautiful. I I guess the DVD transfer wasn't so hot. Not like this. Oh, and his little control panel all he has left is a bomb mode. Beep. So that was it, right? That was his Sunday punch. Now he's got to go get his spears and and hope he can finish it off. Uh oh. T-Rex motion right there. He's got T-Rex vision. I wonder how good Kevin Peter Hall's vision was outside that helmet that he's leaping from rock to rock right. like that. Do you know if he did all of his own stunts or if they had a stuntman? I think he did all of his own stunts. They don't talk about. I mean, you'd have to find a seven foot tall stunt. Right. Man. You'd have well, to. Well, I don't know. No, that's not true. Because a whole bunch no, of those true. shots, there's no, there's no scale. Well, I don't know if there's any other suit. I just haven't heard any discussion of any other suit or anything. I think for the rough stuff, they probably brought in Richard Keel to you handle. Think, you think? He and, you know, he went over a. Come on, Moonray. He went over a waterfall. He fell true. out of outer space. Come he on. bit right through a steel cable. <laughs> right. He fell off a cable. Co- come on. Yeah. You're gonna bring in the the pro from Dover right there. That's great. A little harkening back to King Kong. That's nice. So he's got one explosive spear and one with his knife on the end, and that's it. After that, he's reduced to his wooden peg technique. We figure they're going to like duke it out anyway, right? Right. It's got to get in at least one punch. There's the old throw a rock trick. <laughs> right. seen. Yeah, if that thing in was from Earth, it would movies. not waste a bolt on <laughs> that. Like, like, yeah, this this predator has never. I don't seen know. He thought he was a possum earlier on when he <laughs> some true. little critter went there. He's like, oh, that's what it was. That's what I chased over the waterfalls. Such an interesting effect. This whole. Yeah, but he lo- he knows where he is now, and then whammy. I'd say he gets more velocity out of the throw than he did from the, <laughs> the from bow. the bow. Uh, that was pretty. That was something that Archie Bunker made at Boy Scout camp. It was pretty lousy. <laughs> Archie as far as... Bunker. Wait, what? Archie Bunker. Yeah, the worst outdoorsman you can imagine. That's that's my point. That fluorescent blood's great. Wonder, antifreeze, right? It looks like uh, it's, yeah. It looks did, like they, did they reanimator? Have, did they have pen lights on every one of those blood things? It to was oh, eliminate for, them. It was a some. It was a chemical compound. I can't remember what it was. Well, all blood is a chemical compound. Well, I mean, John. a specific one that glows like that. that so no glycol or something so it was, in it. Yeah, I can't remember what it, what they called it. 
I just wonder if they if they have a pen light on everything to make it glow like that, or if it Could if be. it if it's you know radium or something that made everybody on the set get cancer. Maybe that's what gave everybody diarrhea. <laughs> the radium. Well, what makes those little you know those glow stick things? Maybe it is. Maybe it's really yeah, practical. It's, it's, I can't tell whether there's a, a light aiming at it from up there in the or not. No, I think it's practical. I think it is the stuff that's inside of a glow stick, basically. Yeah. Pretty easy to it's do. It's also lost a lot of blood too. I mean, they're they're little. That's great. Oh, that's yeah. That's, that's so great. That green blooded bastard. Don't go. F- really, you had to go full bones on bones. us. Oh, that's right. His little gimmick with the the flare thing. Oh, and look at the prop branch too. That now nah, it's different in the next shot. Yeah, and oh, there's the prop branch busting off. Down he goes. And ST plunge that. And thankfully, yeah, washing off that mud. It's so satisfying for me to see this. I'm sure it's great for his skin, though. Yeah, I mean, it, for my a while, but you like want to s- get it off. You have to wash s- it off at some point. My you know? skin was like satin after that shoot. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, uh, safety. Nothing's nothing can touch us now. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That is pretty great. Little Vader questioning uh, Captain Antilles. Yeah, the there. neck lift as form of dominance is certainly mm-hmm. Holly, Hollywood standard at this point, isn't it? Yeah. If you want to prove your superiority over someone, you pick them up by the throat. You got to have that insert shot of the feet the above feet. the ground. Yeah. You know what the score is as soon as you see those feet off the ground. But that is impressive how big the guy is when you've yeah. got Arnold standing next to him. You're like, oh my gosh, he really is a lot bigger He's than huge. Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is a sporting move on the Predator, yeah? I mean, he kind right. of crushed his throat. And that's what he's all about, is sport. Yeah. And also he wants to show him his face. Let's check this out, man. Which is weird because I thought they needed to breathe methane. I thought that, at least in the second one, it establishes that he needs the mask on to breathe. I guess you get a that little That what's tired. hissing out of there is methane. Yeah. So it's weird that he decides to forsake breathing. I think he's dying. Oh. I mean, don't you think? He's, like we said, he's lost a lot of blood. I think he knows he's not going to make it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I I would subscribe to that, I guess. I never thought about it until now, but I love the finger movement on the the helmet, too. It's great. Yeah, that's a so pretty cool creation. Good. But how does it eat? Jeez. So he just swatted him, what, 15 feet? Yep. Holy God. And he's not above using his knife, too. Uh-oh. Sunday punch? 
So I guess Disney owns Predator now too, doesn't it? They definitely do. Is that a movie? Because they own every movie. It's so weird when you think about 20th Century Fox and how much mileage they got out of really iconic science fiction stories, starting with Day the Earth Stood Still. Right. And they and Planet of the Apes and you know, it was it was interesting that they They trusted science fiction more than just about any other studio, if you think about it. Yeah. How much was the deal for? I don't remember what f- the Fox deal was for. Is it fifty billion? It was a lot. Lucasfilm was four. Mm. So Fox would have to be pretty big. I mean, that's a lot of intellectual property. And you know, Mitch, they like you're saying, they get a lot of miles. They got a lot of, they already bled this thing dry. Predator, right? Yeah. Disney's going to bleed it more. I mean, they are, right? They're going to annualize it. Maybe. Are they? Have they said anything? Because, again, it's R-rated. It's one of their R-rated properties, and how much is Disney going to be willing to... That's the thing, though. It's still going to be Fox. I mean, it's not that they're going to replace Fox with the Disney castle. It's still Fox. They just own it. So Fox will be their touchstone now. That's what's going to happen. So they can use it. They can do anything they want as long as they don't put that castle in front of it. They're fine. Like they released a lot of R-rated movies under the Touchstone label, right? And Hollywood, right. Hollywood Pictures, <laughs> Hollywood Pictures. If Remember it's the short if it's sp- the Sphinx, if, if it's the Sphinx, <laughs> it stinks. It's got to be. <laughs> oh man, those, nothing's worse than that era. The marketing and all that, the, just like. Well, then they create those two companies because these two guys couldn't get along with each other, yeah. and they just said, "Well, you have one." And it was, you can have what was it called? One. Silver Arts or something? There was like the Silver Arts Three or the something. Silver Screen Partners. Silver Screen, yeah, Partners, public offerings that's what it was. to finance. So weird. All I like that the, stuff that was going on. I like how the Predator is not, in fact, totally stupid. It actually touches the things. Like, yeah, I'm not going to crawl into that. No, it's it's funny how long it takes too. Like. It's kind of a tense moment because you're like, eh, I don't think he's actually going to do it, but but got him right under that log. He walks him. Man, zoom, cut, 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 bam. I mean, that's some indoor shit right there. And that, what would be really funny is a little flat predator, like a little trash can <laughs> lid scuttling around. But that, w- that would be the... <laughs> Way to really end this movie, they right, Jason? Sh- they shot that down. <laughs> so you're right. You said so. This is some inside stuff. Did they go down to Trabusco, oh, no, Mexico no. I was, City, or I or? was joking about wow. that? This is reminds me of some Ewok. <laughs> I said indoor stuff. Were there studio stuff though? Do you know? Was it all shot outside, or did they have sets? I think stages. I have never heard anything about a soundstage for this movie at all. Like nothing I've read. I'm sure there might be stuff. I'm not an expert on this movie by any means, but it sounds to me as if they shot everything on location. And now we wonder, was that a good move? So they get a whole lot of mileage out of that mimicry thing in the second movie. Oh my God, that's the whole thing. The whole movie is mimicry, isn't it? And he's like a three-year-old. All he ever repeats is like swear words and stuff. It's like everything he says is so weird. I think the only good part is when he says, want some candy in the kid's voice (laughs) before as it's coming after Bill Paxton. I like that, but 
That was a pretty rotten movie. I just but a watched fine the, score. I watched it the other was day. It? And it, I, the Scorpion so, certainly would get a lot of well, blow. Sylvester right back on his game. It's, it's, so it's a great score. It's a yeah. great score. And I, you know what? Glover gives it all he's got. I give it. I got to give it that. Like Glover's never phoning it into that movie at all. How about Gary Busey? How about losing my pressure? Yeah, heavy. It's, it, it's so bizarre to see Busey be the like slick hair back. between me and him. <laughs> well, he's he's the Fed. He's the straight guy. He's God, the one. And Glover's that. the one that's off the chain. You know. Look at that! Wow, that's a weird great. explosion. That that's is great. Yeah. And cut to Kevin Peter Hall in the helicopter, and hey, wow. Kevin Peter Hall comes up in a second. My it's the God. general, the general's out there fighting fire. There, there he, is. he is. Oh yeah, That's I forgot right all there. about that. Where is he? Do you, do you see him? I mean, he survived a nuclear blast by running away, and of course, gets written out in Predator Two. Ah, oh, he got cancer. Getting the old Newt Hicks treatment in the yeah, sequel. That's true. Why did Schwarzenegger not do Predator 2? Do we know? He was, he was way too big. He's so big. Well, what do you then. mean way too big? This is a total, big, he's this doing total a, recall, and this was not a big movie. If you look at Predator 2, it's not. it doesn't have a big feel, and he was one year away from Terminator 2. So that was the old Fox idea of make yeah. the sequel cheaper than the original? Yeah. Right. You, yeah. Well, you're, I mean, I don't know if it was cheaper, but is. I mean, it's a pretty big production. And it's a lot more of a complicated shoot, it looks but like. But it ain't to Total me, Recall big. Well, in a way. No, it's not Total Recall. Total Recall, what a much better project. You, right. Uh, you're gonna, the, I don't read the script to Predator 2 and, and pick that movie over Total Recall. And I was going to sure. say, I, maybe he didn't like sequels, but he sure he, there he is in Terminator 2 well, the next was, year. He'd already done Conan and the Destroyer, but yeah. he wasn't quite, God, he wasn't quite Schwarzenegger me. yet, though. That would have burned me on sequels. Um, yeah, for sure. But, you know, he wasn't Schwarzenegger yet when he did Conan and the Destroyer. He wasn't yeah. quite there yet. So There he is, all PTSD'd to hell and gone. That's great. That's a great shot. Yeah, it's not, it's not it's a not cocky, a, machismo it is not, bullshit. You're right. It's what the hell did I just come through. That's pretty cool. I like it. I, I yeah, it gets a lot well, of points for that, actually, not being glib about the ending. Right. And thankfully, the movie, though, doesn't just rest on that image and the beautiful shot of the helicopter flying away. At the end, it, it gives us the sitcom ending. Yeah, which I dig it. I, 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 dig I love it. curtain calls. I, I, I know it. it's just weird. Like it's you have great. this, you have this one feeling at the end of a movie, and then yeah, you go wouldn't to this. it have been terrible if they'd done that at Alien after after, <laughs> exactly. after it fades out, and then they just go back through the whole crew, and you get Harry Dean Stanton giving taking a drink, and yeah, this is okay, pretty pretty cheese ball let's the, talk about curtain call all-time wow. favorite curtain call wow it isn't even the, clips from the no, movie no, this is a staged refused. guarantee he said no i'm not doing that that's stupid oh wow but he's yeah. your actual credits shot which is yeah. great too my my favorite all-time curtain call at the end of a movie is dune for sure dune's got that great it's so bizarre it's got the ocean of Arrakis, yeah, or not Arrakis, oh, all, and all the little, little and all the people kind of cameos, kind of fade in and cameo. Oh, that's it's pretty so, cute. It's kind of creepy. I think cool. Blues Brothers is my favorite. If you're going to go there, I just uh, well, to Jailhouse yeah. Rock and the crew at the end. But yeah, Dune is pretty weird. That's <laughs> pretty weird. Dune has all those grids. Lynch like flexing a little bit in the big budget sci-fi. Her head appearing at the beginning to sort of narrate the opening. All that's so creepy and yes. weird for a yes, big budget sire. sci-fi movie. Yes. Yeah. Sire, we can't leave all this spice. 
Yes, yes, sire. <laughs> but they must have gotten our carry-all. <laughs> yeah, he was also the voice of Smuggy, the dummy. And yeah, he's his voice is so goofy in that. Oh, I, love, I love some Lynch. Man, this was a great Lynch movie. Voice. It, uh, There's the entire Duran family working effects, and, yeah, and the both Corderos, Corderos and yeah. both. Yeah, wow, wow. Let's so you hire we, local. I was looking to see whether we have a studio credit. Is exactly a sound? I mean, a soundstage credit. Sorry. Well, Jason, Let's thank see. you for uh, joining us for this. Uh, commentary we really appreciate you coming i'll see by. you boys in the movies and remember stay fast stay furious that's how is rob that cohen actually movie? signs off the, the oh. commentary for fast and the furious oh, which was the worst comment it was, it was the it was pretty you stupid. actually listened to the commentary i did because it was rob unit. cohen right he's a guy who's been everywhere yeah. in hollywood and done everything and yeah, that's a good point screaming mad george i don't know who that is but i've seen that credit before so he, mm -hmm. whatever he's done there he's done in other movies there's your Greenbergs. Dr. Robert Matting, infrared consultant. Wow. That's, pretty, that's a pretty cool credit. Well, hopefully we'll soon be back on the regular oh. alien feed. We've just been... Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Busy summer. It has. Cool, cool suit for Predator, developed and provided by Cool Suit. Yeah, to keep him cool. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, got to be, be a coolant system. Oh, I wonder if we had some two guys die during any. production. No, I don't think so. There you go. Nothing. It shot entirely. In so Porto no soundstage work. Oh, Palenque. Palenque. Hmm. All right, that does it for uh, Predator. We will see you all later. Bye, John. Bye, Mitch. Bye, Jason. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jason. Good night, Mitch. <laughs> Good night, John. Good night. Good night.